Hey everybody, welcome to Black and White Reviews. I'm Lee. And I'm Chuck. And if you don't know what we generally do here is we talk about TV shows, movies, and anything else that really strikes our fancy. And we just uh, really talk about it in detail. So, spoiler spoiler alert. alert. Big time. Big time. So, um, what Chuck and I generally focus on is, uh, or has been, as far as TV shows, The Chosen. And uh, we are in the second season of The Chosen, and we're up to the third episode that we're discussing right now. This one was actually called Matthew 424. Have you read Matthew 424? I have, but I would love, love for you, Chuck, if you could pull it up and read it to us now. Well, some of it. <laughs> no? Well, it's <laughs> literally, it's just one. It says, so Matthew 424, I'll actually read 424 in its entirety because it's not that long. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria, so they brought to him all those who were afflicted, those suffering from various diseases and intense pains, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and the paralytics, and he healed them. Yep. That's Matthew 4.24. That's pretty much what's going on in this whole episode. So that's like the the backstory of what's happening here. So um, you watched the two episodes back-to-back, right? Second and the third? Now, when they first put this out, they were doing the live stream, and I caught it, and I saw that they were releasing the third. I'm like, I can't be up all night. I have to get up early. And I'm like, I'll just watch it on the app like another day. And then it was like two weeks until I finally got to do it, which was sad. But I watched it, and I'm like, I'm glad that I separated it because I can watch this for what it was and not just be, as you said, they kind of melded together. Yeah. Um, but this one, it all took place in one place. They were just hanging out by the fire, you know, while Jesus was doing his thing. And I love the way this whole episode played out. There wasn't a lot of Jesus in it. It was all about everybody else describing how they're feeling, why they why they think they're there, what's going on. It was the first life group. Yeah, it was the first life group. Yeah. You know, what's cool, though, too, is in this season, they're taking a lot more liberties with how they're directing and filming the show. Right. Um. Episode one, they... The Phantom really, Menace? Yes, The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, they broke that fourth... They did the fourth wall break. Yep. In this one, the first entire 15 minutes of the episode, so literally almost half the episode, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one shot. Yep. It is just... And then it and then it breaks it with the montage, but the first 15 minutes of this episode is literally just one continuous... Yeah, following from one disciple to the next, but it's all one shot. And my second time watching it, I was tired because I wanted to see, like, how long is this actually going for? And I was expecting to see it at different points. And they did a really good job of traveling from out in the field with Matthew and Philip Mm -hmm. all the way to the campsite and then around the campsite as an interchanging conversation and having other characters come in and out. I thought it was it oh, was yeah. just another beautiful depiction of how he can actually direct a show right. and not just do one style all the time. Right. Well, um, yeah, no, I agree. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I got confused about something else. But, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, so, I mean, to get into the episode itself, we start off basically with Philip giving Matthew some scriptures. And he starts off with Psalm 139. And he's just kind of discussing that. And he goes, oh, is this, is this something I should, like, remember? Like, you know, what's the what's the point of this? You know, oh, okay, well, what's the, what's, what's the relevance? You know, how does that, how do I, how's that something I can take and, and do something with, right? Well, first he was asking, can you, can I learn about Moses or, 
yeah. Abraham or right. something like that. And he's like, how about the Psalms of David? Yeah. Um, so what was Psalm 39 or Psalm 139? Psalm 139. Let's see exactly what verse he was talking about here. I think it was just the first verse. Mm -hmm. um, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. Mm -hmm. And then that's basically what he... Was it go? Yeah. I mean, this is a different version. Right. But that's basically what he tells them. And Matthew is totally confused. Like, yeah. How does that make sense? I mean, he's he's <clears throat> back to being like, you know, intrigued, but like really annoyed. Like, th what relevance does this have? I take that back. He re he reads 139 verse 8. If I oh. go up to heaven, you oh. are there. You're right. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Mm -hmm. And then he's like... I'm totally confused. <laughs> did, did did David mean him, or did he mean everybody? Right, that's that's where he was at. Um, <clears throat> so he's he's struggling with that, and Philip's just like, yeah, well, I mean, that's scripture. <laughs> it, it'll it'll make sense to you, and it needs to make sense to you, you know. So as they go through it, um, basically, people are being healed. Like Jesus is in this tent, and you can tell, you can see the, here that Matthew and Philip are kind of just like. Uh, managing the line, you know, making sure people are taken care of. And Matthew's obviously, he's writing down his own, like the scripture, and he's trying to learn that stuff, as well as make sure he understands exactly what Jesus was doing. Oh, what did Jesus do? Like he sees a person coming out, what did Jesus do for you? He's like, he healed me. Oh, okay. <laughs> of what? Yeah. Epilepsy. Epilepsy. Which is directly out of scripture. Right. So it's it's cool. We're, again, we're seeing all this stuff kind of come together here. But he's recording every single thing, all the healings, all the different testimonies as people walk out. And they're basically all taking shifts to manage the line. And we're getting that. Um, so as we, as we kind of come back in there, he goes back around the tent and we see another group of tents where all the disciples are kind of there hanging out. And that's where they're all heading out. Oh, my shift. Okay, I'm heading out. And they're all just really confused. Like, you know, what are we doing here? How long is he going to do this for? He hasn't taken a break yet. You know, we're going back with shifts, but he's still out there. Right. You know, and it was, it was really cool. That I, I loved it. I loved seeing it. And... You know, he's just he's just going and going strong in that tent, just healing people and praying for people. And it's just it was so cool. Um, so Matthew goes back and he shares the scripture with the girls, you know, lets them know. He's like, I don't know what this means, but here's what I got. And here's this. And OK. And the whole thing is is all of them. I mean, they're sitting around the fire at one point and they're they're trying to figure out what this life is going to be like. You know, they're like, you know, I didn't think it was going to be like this. You know, are we going to get like fame? Is this going to be are we going to be famous for doing this? Like, what's the whole point? And um, nobody really thought it would look the way that it was. Well, they're they're expecting military. Oh, of course. And, you know, we get that, too. We, we have a few people who are saying, like, you know, I expected I'd be out on the battlefield and, you know. If I was if I was to ever be part of this, you know, I'd be I'd be fighting, and I mean we saw that before in multiple other things too. It's like everybody thought that Messiah was going to come and wipe out the Romans. It's like no, he's going to free people, but not from that the oppression that they're getting from the Romans per se, right? But of their sins and. Well, I mean, even Thomas starts quoting scripture that's showing this is where he's getting it from, right? And then you have. Um... What was it? Big James and John? Yeah. I got the scar because they were using the wooden swords and yeah. going all, all in the, in the, what's cool is you see um, the girls sitting here just listening, mm -hmm. trying to put it all together. 
Yeah. Uh, and just to be that, because now they're learning. So now they're students and they're probably going, I don't understand like what's going on to the fullest here because they've never been, they weren't allowed to go to school. They weren't allowed to do those things and right. now they are. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a whole other feeling for them. I think even Mary later on in this episode kind of gives some good advice. But the cool thing is too, is you see Philip kind of, you know, not monitoring, but kind of like asking more questions because he's been doing this for two years now. Right. So right. Philip's kind of give a little bit more. He But he pops in and out. It's weird. He's not just there. He's in and out, in and out. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I, I like the introduction of Philip just because he has a lot more of a, of a background understanding of what's going on here. But then again, he's still like doesn't know what's going to happen. He just knows what's happening. Right. You know, and so he's a lot more connected because he was he was um, made aware. You right. Know, and that's of, why even this part, he's like, who will we even say that what you're talking about is going to happen now in right. this lifetime? It could happen down the road. And again, like like last episode, too, you see a lot of rele- t- like today relevant le- life lessons mm-hmm. coming through in this oh, episode. Totally. Totally. And, and I think I think. We got we're getting a lot more of that in this season. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's being laid on pretty thick in this season, and in comparison to the first, the first was very much like here's here's a great perspective of what life was like back then and how healings happened, how people were called, and here's showing that these people who were called were struggling with the mm. exact same things that we struggle with today. Right. You know, but they're the ones who are seeing him in the flesh right in front of them doing these things and they're still struggling with the stuff that we struggle with today. Right. And it's like, whoa, and we think like, man, if we were there, we wouldn't have the struggle at all. We'd be like, yeah, let's do this, but no, we probably would be in the exact same boat. Right. You know, it's it's hindsight's 2020, right? You know, we're looking back and saying, man, I would just jump at it and just like, you know, let every leave everything behind and run right towards him because he's right there, but we know that because we know the stories. Right. We believe in him because we know the stories. You know, they're still like in like shock. Like, this is real? Like, this is real. Okay. Well, even John um, was like, you know, I was, I would think about the Messiah once a week, mm-hmm. praying that in this lifetime I could see it. And now that it's happening, it's almost unrealistic. Right. You know, it's that feeling of, it's that so surreal feel. I'm like, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, this was... I really, like, I didn't know how I felt about this episode in the beginning, but by the end, I was in tears in the end. I don't, I was just like, I was wrecked. And it was just, I mean, we'll get there, but it was just like, I was totally wrecked by the end of this episode. Because it's it's all of them talking about what's going on. And a lot of the characters that we didn't really know much about before, we're getting a lot more about them, how they're feeling in the middle of this. They're not just there being like, yeah, let's do this. Cool. Sounds great. You know, they're bringing baggage and It's Thaddeus that has the paralytic issue right no that's young james was oh, that young james yeah because you get to see more of those guys right and i thought that was fantastic to get a lot more from him like he had some type of paralysis but um anyway i mean so mary basically says she came with no expectations because you know of her life her background she's like i just came here just be like hey he brought me back i was ready to kill myself and here i am right you know totally freed of these demons which you and I have experienced something similar, not to that degree where she's got this manifestation like attacking people. Right. Um, but I mean, we know what it's like to just like finally face spirits that are holding us back from freedom, from connection, from being our true selves. 
and and walking out that freedom. But like that's why she was saying it was so easy for her. But I think there was a whole thing about there. It was it was um oh they started talking about. And we got this in the Shepherd episode, so I like a lot of the things from the Shepherd how we're coming back about the military. He'll be a great military leader, you know. And then he's like, "This is this is why the Messiah is not coming because of people like you, you know." And then we get it here, like, like well. And then I think Thomas says something along those lines, like, "Well, you know, aren't we all supposed to be holy?" It's like, no, like he think, wasn't. He wasn't expecting us to be holy. He's here because we can't be holy without him. And that was like, Mary. That was Mary, and, and I was then, like, ooh. And then Philip's like, ooh. Even Philip goes, that's that's Ooh. good. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to tell the baptizer about that one. Right. <laughs> like, so but his uh, first reaction was, ooh, <laughs> so good. Um, but that's when we get to young James and Thomas and they're playing a game. It's like, you know, Mancala or something or whatever. Chinese checkers. Uh, something with, with jewels and dice and uh, either way. <laughs> Apparently, Philip is, nope. is, is not a good, not good at it. He's like, I'm worse off than I was. Oops, sorry. He's I thought like, you were good. I thought, you I were thought good. I was too. <laughs> I thought I was too. <laughs> he just walks off. I love that though. He's just, he's just so lighthearted about it. Philip's just like, hey, sorry, man. I thought I was good too. I guess I'm not. <laughs> and um, all the while, this is all still one single shot. Yeah. Which I, which is the special effect of this show it's it's breathtaking the way they did it it's it's you can you can if you can tell a story like this you know and make it i mean you you see a lot of this stuff and i was thinking about it yesterday because so, so my wife and i um so i've been watching i watched the the series the falcon and the winter soldier and the last night we watched my wife and i watched um the winter soldier the movie and it was so cool because i was i was thinking about samuel jackson's in there of course and he's having a conversation and i'm like he took a page right out of Tarantino where he's just talking about something that's like not really relevant to what they're talking about. He goes off about his grandfather who's like, you know, who used to work at a, an elevator and he would get tips for being the elevator attendant. And I'm like, this is totally a Tarantino scene. Now, if you see some of Quentin Tarantino's movies, a lot of them are shot like this where it's just one shot forever for a conversation for 15 minutes about a foot massage or something ridiculous where the camera never changes angles it's just straight on right like inside the warehouse and reservoir dog yeah it's it just like goes it's, on. it's all just one thing and you're like wow you know and you can do that and you can that way you don't have to worry about breaking the 180 rule and all that stuff it's just like it's one shot you never lose your orientation you understand what's going and you feel like you're really just witnessing something real right and it takes more skill on the actor's part to keep it up and not have to cut. Yeah. And on the director's part. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's more the actors remember their lines and, and keeping right. up with it. Um, and uh, it's 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 just it's beautifully done. Beautifully right. done. I think with it something may- like Tarantino, they could have some ad-libbing. It's one thing. But in here, it's it's still very scripturally sound. If you look at it, too, um, Mary and what's her name? Um, Rama. Rama. They both have paper in their hand. Yeah. And I was like... Is that their script? Because <laughs> they're in the background. Yeah. You don't see, they're not front. I'm like, I wonder if that's their script. <laughs> well, they had no words. They were just in the background. <laughs> right. But they start talking. So I'm like, I wonder if that's their script and just using it as a prop. But well, really, they, it's their I mean, script. Honestly, so when we did. It would be um, beautiful. It would be a perfect way of doing it. When you and I did the, um, the Wise Men, you know, before, and the first time I started speaking it, I had to find a way to, to get my script somewhere. So what I did was I took, I put, um, I took, um, was it a picture? No, I saved it as a keep note, I think. And I put it on my watch. And I had my watch 
on my, you know, flipped over. So it was on my upper wrist. So as I'm holding up the lantern, I can see the, you know, the script I needed for a few keywords. I made it just keywords right on my wrist. So finding ways to, to use props around you as, as, um, keyword markers or whatever can be there too or it's just a matter of like well they studied it and they took their time and right. they didn't rush and they just really dug the script and got into it i mean hey whatever but yes it was beautifully shot beautifully done and beautifully acted um and it was just it was sincere it didn't feel like it was fake and people were just spouting out lines yeah it, it was really it wasn't forced or pushed or anything like that especially especially <clears throat> with the conversation with young james like when he was getting he's like what's your malady and i'm like Mal- malady i had to look it up just to make I, I i knew he meant like some kind of deformity or some kind of defect or whatever um but i'm like let me just make sure i'm i'm right and looked up malady okay um but he kind of gets into that whole thing and and he's talking about it because he's asking like he's saying look at these people who are believing in him they're believing in him because he's healing them and how many of them would believe if he wasn't healing them and that's where it kind of gets into it that and that's that's a big question too how many how often or have we been in situations where we've prayed for something right and we don't get it right or we prayed and we asked for an answer and we don't get it yet we're still supposed to be faithful you know we're still supposed to trust we're still supposed to keep praying and trusting and that is that is where a lot of people lose their faith because they don't go beyond that. They're waiting and they're they're trying and they're waiting, but they're also waiting with an expectancy that they will be let down. Right. That's also the thing too. It's like fine. And then as soon as as soon as too much time has gone by, like, see, I knew you were you weren't real and you didn't care and blah 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 blah. And how often do we find ourselves in that situation? Right. But the one question that wasn't asked in this as well too, because Thomas does ask. Um, little James, he's like, well, wouldn't you ask? Have you not asked? Why right. haven't you asked? Right. Something along those lines. But the other question that wasn't asked is how many of these people got healed and still didn't believe? Well, that's, we don't know. You know, because we, we look at a lot of people so often and say, oh yeah, it takes them. How many people actually see and experience what God is doing in their lives and they still walk in a realm of unbelief that's like, no, it's good for them, but not for me. Right. Well, mm. I mean, so for me... Which I believe that's he, where he, I see, that's where James was at. Even though he didn't ask, he's seeing all this stuff, but yet not fully believing what he's seeing. Was it a matter of not fully believing or him just not wanting to bother because he didn't feel worth it? Because he didn't believe he was worth it. He didn't believe that he was worth it. So young, yeah, young James didn't believe that he was worth or that it being would, or that it would be or that he could go through it. So that's what I'm saying is he's seeing all this stuff still not believe. He was believing in God and believing in Jesus, right? But he was believing him to a certain degree because if he believed him to the fullest extent, then he would believe that it's for him as well too. And he didn't believe that, and that's where we, as I believe, we get stuck as we see oh. I go to church, I do this, I do that. I'm in this life group. I see all these things happening, but it doesn't apply to me. Right. And therefore, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe he heals. I believe all these things, just not for me. So did I ever share, I think I shared that with you before once, that that was a big issue with me, is I have this tendency to want to bring people together. Um, and this, is, this, and this has always been my thing, too. 
is I like to get people to gather, get people to meet. And then once I get them to meet so-and-so, I go, good, they're okay. And then I back off because I don't feel like I deserve it, you know? And I even got like that with my wife. You know, I got saved, and then a few years later, you know, she got saved. As soon as she got saved, I'm like, there you go, God. I did it for you. You know, give her everything she needs. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I... Right. Exactly. Like, I did my part. I'm good now, you know, I'm not going to ask you for anything because I know I don't deserve it. And that was like, whoa, what an orphan mentality, you know, oh, just time. like it, it was it was huge. So recognizing that was a big deal for me. And I've seen it even more and more like where I'm able to recognize certain areas where I do that even now. I mean, not so much recently since getting rid of some of the stuff I had to get rid of, but recognizing like I have authority given to me by Christ. And that's amazing. And I never... I never wanted to walk in that authority. I, I always thought, okay, my job is to get people to an encounter. My job is to get people to meet with, you know, Josiah or somebody that we know, you know, and right. just like, and they'll do it because I'm not, I'm not there, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not, I don't have authority. <laughs> what a lie from hell, you know? Oh yeah, big time. And it, it, but it's so funny. So that's why I, when, when I heard him talking about this, where he's like seeing all these healings happening, seeing all this, he goes, I'm not going to bother him. I'm not, I'm not, you know, he never asked and he's not sure why he didn't ask. He's just afraid if he mentions it, it would change Jesus's mind about him. Yet he was still chosen. Exactly. Which yeah. still, it's like, we're still chosen. And it's like, I'm chosen. Yeah. But only to a certain degree. Right. But he was part of the inner circle. He mm-hmm. was one of the people who started the church as we know it today. Right. Without but hindsight's twenty twenty. That's right. the thing. You know, like we see that, we get that. And that's why it makes this show drive those feelings home. Because right. we don't know what part we play in God's plan. Only God does. Right. And we just have to listen and walk through it. And it's, it's and that's cool. what and that's what the big part of this episode is too, is they're all talking about their experiences and what's going on and how it actually intertwines into what God's plan is for right. their people and for right. them. Right. Um, and you see a lot of frustration. You see a lot of anger. You see a lot of malice. You see a lot of all these emotions come up. I think there was more... I would say there's, there was more character building to a degree in this episode oh, yeah. than any episode we've seen up to this point well we were getting a lot more behind the scene or i mean behind the masks behind what their their front is right seeing what's really going on i mean simon comes out oh my god simon Simon, i mean he's been sitting there like you know biting his lip biting his tongue this entire time and finally he just like lets it rip as to why and and then you get andrew who's usually just like yeah whatever but he was totally backing him up he's like yeah no he's right dude like yeah he's being a jerk but he's actually right and um, I think even they Thomas. They're all right to certain degrees. Right. And that's that's what's cool about it is like we're seeing this and it's like, whose side am I on? Like we want to be on, on we want to be on Matthew's side because well, he's autistic. You know, he's just Matthew. He's, right. <laughs> like, oh, whatever. I feel bad. I feel bad for Matthew. But I mean, there's still a level of like this makes sense and I get it. You know, what's I can cool, see though, everybody's is side. You, is you see, I think I said this during, during season one, um, but you see... I look at, I read scripture and I think, oh yeah, the 12 disciples with Jesus. They were just this <laughs> cohort of guys that all got along. That all, and, all got along. They all believed. And they were just this, <laughs> you know, these nice guys that hung out. Yeah. In this, you're like, they very rarely got along. Mm-hmm. Jesus did this on purpose. 
Like they're all so drastically, not a single one of them thinks, acts, reacts, talks or anything the same. No. All totally different. Right. I mean, even with like the authority, like the authority type attitude, you got Simon, you got Philip. Mm -hmm. I can't (laughs) wait to see those two butt heads. Oh yeah. Because you know that Simon is like, I was the first one who's like an authority figure. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Philip just comes in the mix and he's just taking that role on strong. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see those two buttheads. Well, yeah, and we're, we're going to see... I want to see Philip bury Simon is exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. Yeah, well, that's the thing we need to get to is we need to see Simon... He, we need to see him get humbled. And he... Well, get thee behind me, Satan. All yeah. these things are going to... Oh, yeah. Do you love me? Yeah. Yeah. Then feed my sheep. Right. You know, all these things. And it takes Jesus. And it's the he's the only one it really happens to throughout Scripture. It, it, the, the coolest thing is I, I, you, you, you think about the Scripture. the Gospels, I should say. Yeah. You, th- you think about the Gospel, and what you read in, in them is Peter's like top dog. Peter's like number one. He's the one who's brought up all the time. He's the one who denied him. He's the one who walked on the water. Right. You know, like all of this stuff. And you think... When you read this, that he was the most faithful, he was the most loyal, he was the one who, you know, was like Jesus' right-hand man. Like, the, the he whole had the time. most issues, though. Yeah, <laughs> but he had the most issues, and I'm like, oh, but, like, and even though it's there in Scripture, we just bypass it. We look right past it, and then we skid here, and we go, wait, that's not right. Oh, no, it is. Yep. That, no, that is right. Oh, that makes some sense, and I would totally see him acting this way. Right now rereading. So I, I love the fact that this show inspires us to reread scripture and, and, sh- and like fact check, right. you know, and go, Oh no, that is right. Like, right. Like and that was, makes sense. Like even the title of this episode, the title of the episode is Matthew, Matthew 424. Exactly. So I'm like, so I started reading it and I love how they bring out the exact scripture. Like even Matthew's figuring out, asking people, what did Jesus do? Oh Yeah. The paralytic, mm-hmm. the person with epilepsy. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, they're just making these things up. When I read it again, I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's actually in scripture. Yep, and it just goes to show, you know, how there was this line of people, and I love how when they enter the camp, and they're asking how the line is, and Matthew's going into like, well. There's over 50 people right now, <laughs> and the line's getting bigger. And if this happened, and then what was it? Big John, yeah. Big, uh, Big James. Big James is like, so how much longer? And he's like, well, if you take the average of each, and James is like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Well, what was the other thing? Is it would take us like, we'd have to get reach like 66.3 men. He's like, and what's 0.3 of a man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh man like there's I no need it. to get to the exact we're just trying to guesstimate how long it will be <laughs> well I, I so but i think the whole point here and the reason why they titled it my my thoughts are it's called matthew 424 which is describing what's happening as the main story that we know but we're getting the backstory we're getting the behind the scenes what could have been going on while all of this was happening. So I love that they're saying, hey, here's Matthew 424. Read this so you know what's happening that we're not seeing in the show. Right. 
And I thought that was so cool. You know, that's how I got it. I'm just like, oh, man, what a great way to to cover both sides. It's like when you watch you watch a movie and you see one person fighting somewhere, another person fighting somewhere else. Or you, you see like somebody fighting like a flashback of somebody fighting and you see them fighting now. It's like, oh, what a great way to cover two things at the same time. Right. It's like you watching know? the Saw movies. Not to kind of. But when, have you seen any of the Saw movies? Yeah. What I'm saying is if you take the first three or four movies as gruesome as they are, they're all happening at the same time. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Except for the first one. The rest of them all happen at the same time. Right, right, right. In different areas. Right. So when you're watching it, you're seeing, oh. Yeah, so not the first one. I remember that from the last movie. It was all connected. But it was all literally happening at the same time, which is why you're like, how did they not catch the guy? They haven't caught him yet because it just, it was all happening right then. It's all happening right there. (laughs) Or like if you watch, um... I was just thinking about, like, even the first season, when you're watching the one with the with the children, the children, yeah, and and he's talking about how you know I was just talking with and you're like, oh yeah, he was just I have to, over I have with, to go see so and so, and and you just watched him go talk to Mary, right, right, you know that kind of stuff happened at the same time. Speaking of Mary. Isn't this where his mom comes on scene? Yes. So Mother Mary shows up, and she's basically there to help and cook. But just hearing her story in this is beautiful. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we get into it, but, I mean... Well, the, the, the thing is, the they're sitting. Is they're, even better. They're sitting around the. They're sitting around the fire, and you got Simon's like, Andrew, do one of your, you know, meaningless question games. You know, and he's like, they're not meaningless. They're they're helpful. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So he he kind of gets into the question like, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? You know, you had all the money you needed. What would you do, Lee? Would you oh, run through the city, naked, <laughs> screaming for help? What would you do? Oh boy, you're. I knew we were gonna get into this. So what would I do if I had all the money in the world? Well, it can't be a sin. Well, I'd get my deck done first. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get that done forever. No, honestly, if I had all the money in the world, is that is that the question? Or yeah, if you had if you had all the if you had if you had all the money you needed or money you wanted, yeah, well, I guess was the question. I mean, I, I'd give. I'd I'd be able to finally give. You know, I think I've been in a situation so long where I've been trying to like you know fix the broken stuff that I've got or whatever that I've been like I'd be at a point where I'm like now I can finally just give. You know. Okay. Oh, no? Okay. No, I'm just... <laughs> what would you do, Chuck? I don't know. I've never... It's like, what would you do if you had three wishes? You can't wish for more wishes. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'd wish to become an all-powerful genie. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, if I had all the money... Itty-bitty the... living space. Itty-bitty <laughs> living space. Um, If I had all the money in the world, I don't know what I would do. Invest... Yeah, and invest Bitcoin. in and Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no. um, I don't know. I would invest in the kingdom. I try to do that now as much as I can with the little I have. Um, but I would invest more. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, I definitely wouldn't. No, and it's not what would you do if you had the money. It's what would you do for the money is the question of the That's show. what came out later on. That was the first question. What sure? would you do for the money? Would you run across the town? Well, I, think, I think it came down like, you know, what would you give up? And then that was the whole thing. It's like, well, you know, they, they get into like, yeah, what would you give up if you, you know, what would you do if you had all that? And what would you give up to get it? You know? Um, 
And it's funny because this conversation, it started here and then it melded and went into Mary's part. Mm-hmm. And then it turns back around to this conversation again, and it concludes right. with, "Well, let's ask Matthew." Yeah, let's ask Matthew. He had money, but and then they all got like offended by that. They're like, "Oh, don't, hey, don't say that." It's like, "Well, what? That's a real valid question." He had money. He well, had a ton of money. They went to Thomas first because mm-hmm. Thomas was like, "Yeah, well, I learned everything, um, but I was still, you know, still practicing as a Jew, and I was still doing all these things." Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was Matthew and Matt, because because they're like, yeah, you really you weren't going through the oppressions of a Jew. You didn't live our life. None of that was going on. That's what I'm saying. But it goes before yeah. that happens, though. It goes to over to Mary, Jesus's mother, and then she tells her story of everything that goes on. Yeah, with that. Well, which I is mean, I think beautiful. one big thing that came out too is, but even before that, Andrew. Um, he starts talking about like how he feels and it's like, whoa, all we know about Andrew is he was like super pumped. He was buddies with John the Baptist, buddies with Philip and um, sorry, creepy John. And um, he he's always eating an apple or something or shoving food in his mouth. And he's always like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, like that's just who he is. It's, and it's funny. Like you don't uh, him always eating has always been funny to me. I don't know why. You know, where'd you get food? <laughs> Who gave you food? Um, <laughs> but he's talking about it, and he gets into this one. He's like, I always feel, he, he feels like he's living someone else's life, and he's trying to do something great, but he knows he's not great. It's like, ooh. Ooh. That's rough. That's rough. And then again, it it affects so many people today. Right. Again, we're getting into these these things that are are real issues, real emotions, real things that people feel about themselves. You know, this feeling of unworth. You know, un- unworth. You know, no worth, um, unloved, um, not ready for things. You know, not uh, losing the word, but right. Which they, at the end of this episode, how they tie all that all of back it back to together. With, oh yeah. Well, because after after Andrew says this and starts giving his thing, then, you know, everyone starts sharing the things and then they ask, they directly ask Mary, you know, being his mom. Yeah. What was it like? Well, she said, she said straight up that she related to how he felt. Right. Cause she's like, you know, at first I gave birth and he mm-hmm. was messy and full of, well, I'm going to be, not, yeah. I'm not, I'm going to be, be polite. <laughs> <laughs> So she's sharing all that. He's cold and, you know, we're her and cold and crying and needed his help or needed her needed help. Needed her. And she's like, both me and his father, Joseph, were like, like we questioned at first. Like, is, is he, this really the is son this, of God? Like, really? <laughs> like, he needs us. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, but then after a while, when he could feed himself and walk all by himself, mm-hmm. he really didn't need me anymore. Yeah. And she's like, but just be able to sit there and watch him grow. Then she, you know, talks about Joseph and how Jesus is this this big this worker and how she gets at he gets it after Joseph while well, both his fathers. Um, and then she basically mm-hmm. gives homage to Joseph by saying "Rest in peace," letting us know right. that you know he passed, which is funny because in Scripture itself you don't ever they hear don't really about, about Joseph. That. You just he's never brought up. Right, he's just whoop, right. Whatever. Just um, the dude telling him how to do be a carpenter. <laughs> And she just goes into this monologue of her experience with Jesus 
being her son and everything that she went through. Mm. And it just, you see and you feel a different side of Mary. Right. And you feel for her and you're like, wow. Yeah. And the way she tells the story is just, it was beautifully written. Well, one big thing that she was getting into is like, as a, like as a mother, I mean, she's proud of the man he is and what he's doing, but, but she's sad as a mother that she's lost her son. You know, her seemingly son is, lost her son. Yeah, seemingly lost her son because you know he no longer needs her. He no longer um, requires her for sustenance and for just you know life to to survive. And well, I mean, she even does like even if you if you skip back a bit in the episode when she comes on the scene to the camp. Yeah, and she they intro, they do interactions like to Matthew and stuff like that. It's kind of funny because she's like, and Matthew, um, what do you do? And he goes. Yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. I. And then Mary's like, he's cuts a him off. He's a student. Yeah. Yep. He's one of Jesus' students. Mm-hmm. And Mary, the Mary, the mother, she's like, oh, great. That's awesome. It's good to have you part of the crowd, basically. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, I love the real how he wrote this. Make it so realistic. Of it's funny. Her monologue is great. Andrew's monologue was great. All the stuff that they're doing is showing you such a depth and a different side of each character that we haven't gotten before. Right. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. It's, um, I'm going to do that next time. So when somebody asks you what I do for a job, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, oh, what was it? Um, what show was it? I want to say it was, um, that 70s show. And I think Red lost his job. And they're like, oh, Red, what do you do? And he goes, about what? And they're like, oh, hell, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah. And then, like, Kitty tries to, like, you know, move the conversation somewhere. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, but, Red, what do you do? About what? Like, he came really mad because <laughs> he was so prideful, you know, lost his job. And But it was just, what do you do? About what? <laughs> so just his response there, oh, I don't. What do you do? I, I don't. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, though, is even taking that, like, Matthew's response right. there, Red's response in that right. 70s show, even here— all those questions that An- the the one question that Andrew asks mm-hmm. that spurs this whole conversation for the rest of the episode. It's just amazing to see how each person answer- answers it so differently, because they're all like, not one person is the same. Right. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull something out from a friend of ours, uh, Wesley Pearson, who wrote this book called The Orphan Mentality, and it's funny that it just kind of came up the way it is, but. Um, so she and her husband, Tommy, our buddy, Tom, he was in your wedding. Pastor Thomas. <laughs> Pastor Tom. PT. PT. Actually, um, I, I talked to him. He go, I asked him, I was like, hey, he's like, prime minister is fine. <laughs> prime minister. <laughs> like, you got T it, prime. prime. That is awesome. <laughs> prime minister. Uh, so, um, those are, you know, I mean, whatever. These are friends of ours. Well, Wesley wrote this book called The Orphan Mentality, and it's a fantastic book. Um, I, I read, like, a few pages, and then I just have to, like, sit on it for a few months. And that's not laziness. It's a matter of, like, there's a lot of really good stuff in here, and it's been really huge. And you need to read um, this in the voice of Morgan Freeman. <laughs> so so our friend Wesley has the voice of an angel. <laughs> Morgan Freeman no but one thing that was really cool in it is they were sitting down so she and her husband were sitting down and they were watching TV and this commercial came up and it was a commercial I guess of um, 
there's like this community in the middle of nowhere and they designed a brand new car and there was a tagline that was there and it was, um, so it was like, we don't want to be known for who we are. We want to be known for what we do. And uh, yeah, and that was (laughs) backwards. So, and it's funny because that's the way of the world. And and Tommy responds to her, man, if that's not orphan mentality, I don't know what is. <laughs> and I mean, that's directly from my friend's book. So check it out. It's actually valid point. But the point is like, how backwards is that from the reality of what Jesus is trying to show us? Now, I went to a friend's, um, I went to a, a friend's funeral and um, their son came up and this was a year and a half ago or so. And their son came up. And basically said, um, it's not about what you do or it's like your, your value doesn't come from what you do. It comes from what you know or, or something like that. It was like, it's not who you are. It's what you know. And it was like, oh, same thing. I'm just like, oh, man. And that, that's what you learned from your father. It's like you need just like that's where power is. It's in how much knowledge you have. And I mean, his dad was a teacher and this and that and everything. Like, okay, that makes sense from a teaching perspective in this Western Western culture. I get that. But, I mean, wow. There's You're taking away so much uh, focus on who people are to, in their core, you know, and, like, what we are. Like, we are um, so much more than we, we think right. we are. I mean, it's the whole, it's not who you are, but what you do that mm-hmm. defines you. Well, <laughs> Bruce <laughs> um, but no it makes me think about that scene um, in, in, whatever you go movie to movie uh, anger management remember when he first goes to the meeting and he's sitting there in front of everybody he's like just tell us who you are and he's like oh well I, I'm a, I, I design clothes for this not, what you, goes, no, not what you who do not what you do who you are and he goes oh well I'm an easygoing guy he's like no you're telling us about your personality we just want to know who you are <laughs> he's like I don't know what you're trying to tell what you're trying to ask me <laughs> and Dude, that was a hard struggle for me. And I remember, like, being in tears asking God one time, just like, dude, like, tell me who I am. I know I can't do what I'm supposed to do until you tell me who I am. So tell me who I am so I can do what I need to do. You know? like Right. I mean, it's the whole Spider-Man 2 <laughs> debacle where it's like, I mean, we always go back to Spider-Man 2. Do we? It was so often about <laughs> where, I mean, Spider-Man was it two where he's doing the, he does the no, whole. No, that was three. That was three. We, we yeah. eradicate that. That doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but it's really where what he does gets in the way of who he is. Right. And he actually has to go through that time of losing what he does to figure out who he is before no, 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 he no. gets it back. You're going you're going back to Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 is the one where he loses his powers. Yeah, right? Spider-Man yeah. 2. Yeah. Right. That's what I said. We're going back to Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Spider-Man so, 3, we don't talk about. And that's, that's and that's my favorite thing. I, I think anytime there's any type of um, superhero or just hero movie, you know, hero, I don't care if it's Rudy or whatever, a hero, somebody who um, overcomes something and, and helps others in one way or another, um, when they realize that they have a value in who they are, um, and that's when that's where their power comes from. Right. That's huge. So with Spider-Man, I mean, Sam Raimi is known for like low budget horror films and then like bigger budget horror films and Spider-Man. And I guess he'll be doing the multiverse of madness, which is pretty cool. I'm actually really pumped to see how he does that. Um, I wonder if he'll bring Tobey Maguire back in. Uh, well, they are in Spider-Man three and, and no way home. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. 
They are going to do it. As far as I know, I mean, they've been talking about it, and I'm pretty sure. I, I know that they confirmed Michael Keaton for um, The Flash, which is, I mean, I know we're jumping <laughs> we're jumping over there, but no, there's a Wait, ton of things. Michael Keaton for The Flash? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. He's going to be in The Flash movie. As Batman, though. Well, as Bruce or Wayne. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce? <laughs> Bruce? <laughs> so, anyway, we, we just, we jumped... Is that un is that uncommon for us? We we jumped way off, but we we went we went from one like lily pad to the next, and now we're all over the waterfall. So let's get back over the rainbow. <laughs> There's no place like home. There's no place There's like no place home. like home. So anyway, the point is, there's a value in who we are, not what we do. Wow, that was so much easier than going off for 10 minutes about everything else. That's, the, that's what we do, though. I know, I know. That's the point of this. I know. That's not the point of this podcast. <laughs> but the difference between, like, when you and Will do your podcast, you guys keep it more like... Because when you're doing, like, the Captain Falcon Winter Soldier, you're really <laughs> comparing it to, and you're breaking apart more of the MCU. Uh, we're not comparing this the series to other movies per se because we're not it's not in junction with other shows no. we can't compare this to you know the ten commandments I mean we could but it, it doesn't fit the way your show fit with that so when we go off this is how we talk as we go off this is how we do it see <laughs> it's Thursday night though so yeah not there's no party here on the west side <laughs> <laughs> and we're on the east coast anyway um so t <laughs> thomas um when he was like oh i didn't realize that jesus lost his father and it's like and we're all thinking like neither did i <laughs> <laughs> none of us did and so i'm like oh yeah i mean but you think about it oh well, yeah he did i mean because he's never brought up again so whatever but um well he's brought until he's the age of 12 and then after that you don't hear about him Yeah, that, that's pretty much how it goes. Like he's know? just, it's like he was just written out of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so they start realizing, and they all start relating to each other at this point. They're saying, oh, yeah, me and this, and I get it. And then, you know, even Mary starts explaining how she was as a child. Like, her dad died when she was really young, which we saw, you know, right. as, as an early flashback in the beginning of the first episode. Um and then how she left as a child and basically just went off. And she, she said she stopped acting like a Jew. You know, and she's her life was a blur, and it was just like it was all really relatable at that point. Everything is super relatable. This show is making all these characters really, really relatable. You understand? I put on this mask. I pretended to be someone else, and eventually, I just stopped doing this. Eventually, these this wasn't even a part of me anymore because right. of how far we pushed off. Now, I'm wondering what it was I did recently. I'm in the middle of so many different studies right now and so many different things. That's why I was like, what was it I was just thinking about, about a car commercial? Oh, it was the book. You know, so it's like I've got so many different curriculums, you know, that I'm putting on myself. And in one of them, it was something very similar where it's just like I I realized that at 11 years old, 11 years old was like this really like pivotal time in my life where I had the uh, – there was there was an abuse that was then finally over, but yet – like the realization of it being abuse. Right. And then there was abandonment immediately by 
by my father. I mean, I won't even say anything else. It was my by my father, like straight up abandonment by my father. Um, and I've forgiven him since, and you know we've talked about it, so we're good now. But it was like at that point, I I really taught myself to give up everything that I was, and and I said, you know what? Um, nobody will ever see the true me again, because the true me, whenever I open myself up, I get hurt, I get kicked to the side. Like I always imagined, like every time I I got comfortable, I get kicked in the face. Right. Like that's how it felt. Like a, like an actual kick in the face with a pair of steel toe boots. Ooh. You know, and that's that's what happened to me. So at 11 years old, I taught myself to to just act a certain way, to put on the big boy pants and basically just shut everybody out. And until it, your father asked you to join him so you guys could rule the galaxy together. Right, but right. I didn't believe that he was my father. I actually said it was not true, and then I just said, "No, I'd rather jump down this big exhaust shaft and you know survive then you know this guy picked me up he's like hey you need a lift <laughs> chewy go get him <laughs> so where are you from let's go find out <laughs> wow what a jump <laughs> uh this this part right here though are you at in your notes it's the part where um where they're talking about rule breaking where they start getting into what they did as kids and how they broke rules because that was pretty funny that was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, they're talking. He's like, "I ate meat with cheese once. <gasps> I had pork. I had pork. It oh, was amazing. Was it? it was so good. <laughs> I love when Tom's like, I ate meat with cheese, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> I was sick for two days after the fact. It's like you were sick because you've never had that kind of meat before, <laughs> and you just weren't used to it. It's not because it was unhealthy or unholy." <laughs> It was solely because you've just never eaten it before. Right. And I just I just thought it was it was really funny because that's what they were all going into. And we're like, oh, yeah, that does make sense because they're Jewish and they, they right. do certain things they don't do. Uh, I love. And what was it? Who was it? it was like, I had pork once. Yeah. Well, you did? <laughs> what was that? We went to town and I just saw it. So I stole a piece. <laughs> so, no, I, I saw it. I just took it. Like, he didn't even say stole it. He's like, I just saw it. So I took it. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> And what's but, crazy is I'm watching this whole thing. Everybody is talking aside from Matthew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're just, he's just sitting there quiet. Well, because his life was totally different. From he followed the rules and he didn't even consider, I mean, he, well, he followed his own rules that he made up and <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. It's just, it's, his situation was very different than everybody else's. And we never get this we never understand this before. Like we don't see this level of an understanding of who Matthew was. Like we Matthew, Matthew, like oh, he was a jerk, and then we go, but but he's not now. He's a disciple, right? And then we move on. Like that's all we know about Matthew. Like we never hear about Matthew otherwise, right? We hear that he was a, he was a money changer. He was he was oh he was he was a tax collector. Tax collector, right? And then you know okay, and, and I mean the way he was he was picked up. He walked up. He says, "Join me," and he just gets up, leaves it, and, and follows in the midst of his job. In the midst of it, like. And, and we see that here, and it's not what I imagined. Now, right. I think what I kind of imagined before was the one that I saw in um, the Bible. You know, uh, not AD, but the Bible, the first thing they did on TV. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's what Matthew looks like. He's an older dude, not some young dude, clean-shaven, well, until he gets all <laughs> bushy. Bushy beard. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's, they purposely did that for comedic effect. When they showed, like, all these people, like, oh, look, they look a little older. Do you see Matthew with this giant beard? Gigantic, oh, so bad. big, like, cotton ball beard. It was so bad. It was so funny, though. But then you see Matthew sitting here, 
just quietly, and then it starts. Because then Simon just has to poke at him. Because they go back into the whole thing there, but it's just like they're. I mean, they're talking about how it could be exhausting following the law, um, and. <sighs> Why has God allowed the occupation? And this is the big question for all the Jews. You know, why has God allowed this to happen? And it's like, it's hard to feel like the chosen people, you know. But, you know, when this is continuing to happen to us, like we're still stuck in this bondage. We're still stuck in this occupation. And another life lesson for us today. Mm -hmm. In the midst of our lives, we feel like we're stuck in something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet we're being called by God and going, if I'm truly called by you, why am I going through this? Right. Well, because we're not listening. <laughs> right. And that's what they said right here. Like, he's here and the wait is over. You know, we need to actually just listen and trust. Right. You know, know that we're here for a reason. Know that we're being called to something greater than this and and walk out in faith. So... This is where Simon just starts ripping on Matthew. Oh. And, and he goes into this thing, and I'm just like, I'm happy that it's happening. Because it needs to. Because it needs to. Um, and that's that's another big, huge lesson we need to go through. So, um, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm pretty open about what's going on in my life, my family, and everything. I even just mentioned the stuff with my dad, you know, this, that, and whatever, to a degree. But um, I was talking to somebody recently, and we're doing Simbus. So those of you who don't know what Simbus is, it's saving your marriage before it starts. And it can be something that's being used, um, you know, it can be used during marriage, like when you're already married, if, you know, it happened, <laughs> if you realize this existed, you know, after you've been married or you're not married yet, um, but you're thinking about it. And what the, the focus is, is really understanding who the person is you're about to marry and, you know, what it, what in, what does marriage really entail? And I think the big, the big question that we have to look at and we don't understand very often, at least not in this world, not in the world we live in, is what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't um, hurt me. No more. No more. No more, Chuck. Okay? All right? So the the whole point is love is not a feeling. It can be. Love I feel love. I feel love. Yeah. Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All, All you, you need, need is love. love. <laughs> John Lennon shot in the back. Very sad. <laughs> Oh dear. How many movies did we just <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So we love is an action and most people don't realize that it's a choice. It's a choice to put somebody else above you, to put your your own needs and your own desires on the back burner or throw them away completely to lift somebody else up. And I'll never forget the time my father reached love out lifts to us me. up where we belong. <laughs> I just said that. We're already we're already past the quote that I already quoted. It's it's still relevant and funny. I was made for loving you, baby. <laughs> uh, so my point is and in all seriousness, Chuck, is um you have to make the choice to do that. Um, what my father asked me a few years back, and it blew me away. He reached out and he asked me, he says, what is love? And I'm like, stop. Don't even. He says, what is love? <laughs> and I'm like, what? 
What? What? And he was like, what is love? Like, I just thought about, it. like, if my son, because I have two half-brothers, he's like, what if, have, what if my... You have two... Did you say you have two and a half-brothers? Two half-brothers. Oh, I thought I heard you so say... I've, so I've got one whole brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have two and a half-brothers, huh? Well, it's like two and a half men. Yeah. Well, one is... Uh, I believe the correct term is a little person. So, no, I have two half-brothers... And he was like, you know, what if what if Nick comes up and, and asks me one day, you know, to define love? And I'm like, I don't know. How, I just realized I wouldn't know how to answer that. And I'm like, well, and I've got my dad, you know, who's like 27 years older than me, right? Give or take. Um, asking me what love is, you know. And I'm, I'm sitting here feeling like inadequate. Like I don't have answers for people. And, you know, this is before I was a life group leader and all that stuff. And I'm like, how do I answer that? And the words I got were like, well, do you believe that Jesus loves us? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, well, he, he gave up literally everything. He gave us his entire life. He served, and then he gave up his life to serve us even further so we could have eternal life and, and be connected with the Father, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, it was a sacrifice. So love, I mean, to define it very simply is, is sacrifice. And he, it, it just, and I'm like, so I try to go on further. He goes, no, no, shut up. And I'm like, huh? And he goes, you, you, that's it. Nail, love is sacrifice. And I'm like, uh-huh. How does vision say it? Uh, uh, what, what, what is love if not? Um, oh no! What is grief if not love persevering? Right. That's totally irrelevant to this. Well, no, it's not because they're going to go hand in hand. Because if you if you you're not going to grieve something that you're not loving, right? Or someone that you're not that you're not in love with, but at the same time, the grief wouldn't be there had there been no sacrifice due to the love mm-hmm. so it, it's yeah okay. when, you, when you're even watching that show you know this is wandavision we're talking about yeah for those of you who don't know that's why i said vision from wanda vision yeah, oh yeah well so <laughs> <laughs> but having basically a synthesoid define emotion you know like better than a human could <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, but it's just you know well, Love is an action. It's a verb. It's something that we have to do. It's not always something. I've heard so many people say, you know, I have to feel it to do it versus doing it to feel, to feel it. it. Right. And and, that's, mm. and when we look at even scripture back then, you know, it was so relevant then because when they got married, they didn't know the person they were married. So they had usually. to learn no. to love. And then even with our walk with God, we don't learn God and then... You know, we don't love God and then learn and him. And then learn, yeah. We, learn, we meet him, we accept him, and then through we our walk with his him, love. Yeah. we grow in his love. Exactly. And, and that's huge. That's how, That's how. you know, even as friends, we get closer and closer as friends the more we get to know each other. Oh, yeah. You had you gave me a major attitude for the first couple of years. And then you've given me one since the last two years. I know, exactly. So it's just flipped. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> well, the difference is it's in love now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's why I didn't take pictures of your microphone for you. <laughs> yeah. It's tough love. Yeah. <laughs> can, I get, can I get a pick of my mic? Nah. I wasn't home. It's a late night. You could have been like, when I get home, I'll take a picture for you. But no. Why <laughs> did you need a picture of the same thing? It's a scissor arm with a mic and a, and a pop filter. Because it's a brand new toy. I hadn't even opened it. You, were the, you saw it before I did. I know, but you insisted I take it and set it up. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And it looks pretty nice, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, wasn't it nice to see it in person and not just sit there and, you know, per, uh, like, perseverate over it for, you know, for a couple days? 
I would like the either or. Yeah, well, whatever. But I mean, I'm not crying <laughs> about it now. Uh, I don't cry over spilt milk. Yeah, well, you would spilt, if it's, you would if it's spilt all over your microphone. Spilt chocolate milk is a different story. That's true. Ever, I mean, I would cry over spilt milk, especially if it's like in your like in your car. And it Ooh. sits there in like a hot summer day and for like, like a week. Curdles in your car. Like, yeah. Bleh. Yeah, I've got kids. I know how that goes. I don't let my kids eat in my car because <laughs> yeah, of that. I reason. don't let my kids eat in my car either. I mm. don't let my kids eat in my car <laughs> either. Yeah. I love my well, wife. My wife's car is completely different. <laughs> <laughs> she can let the kids eat in her car. Anybody gets in my car. I feel like the kids have a food fight when they get in there. They go, she goes, Okay, kids, ready? <laughs> and go. <laughs> I'll let my son sometimes have a snack, like a little cup full of like Cheerios or something like that. He sits on a car seat. Mm-hmm. And then if, if he spills, it's easy to, but then what I do is I take the car seat out of the car and I have dump to turn it, it upside down and like dump <laughs> it out. <laughs> no. How it gets underneath the mat. No I, idea. No idea. Well, I mean, through the the cracks where the seatbelt goes into, always. A, but shift, shift, shift. Jiggle, jiggle, move in, yeah. yeah. I'm like, how that? <laughs> like, like three went in your mouth, five went down your shirt, and thirty of them went inside the car seat. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you're still hungry. <laughs> wow. So now we're back to Simon ripping on Matthew. Oh I yeah. I, I don't even like. I'm usually pretty good at backtracking and figuring out how we got here, tracing it. No idea. So. Yeah. Whatever. Um, we're talking about love. We're talking about love. So, but here we get into this whole thing where Simon's just ripping on Matthew again, and he goes into the whole, like, what's your excuse? And Andrew explains that Simon is, like, justified. He goes, dude, he's, like, he's being a jerk about it, yeah, but he wants an apology, and quite frankly, I, I think he deserves one. Like, I, I think we all do, you know? And and Matthew, the entire time, is, like, not even responding. He's just being, like, uh, how do I respond to this? Like, he kind of feels like he should, but then again, he kind of feels justified justified by what he did for himself. But this is, again, it had to happen. This has to happen. Oh, was I talking about Simbus? Simbus. Love. Simbus. That's how we got here. But that was the whole thing is, like, so I've got somebody who I'm going to be walking through Simbus with. And sorry, everybody. My mind went, like, whew, way out. But the, the issue my is fault. they're doing... Um, so with, with Simbus, we have assessments, and you each take an assessment, and you don't do it together. You do it separately, yep. you know, in a different room, nowhere near each other, and then, you know, later on you meet with the Simbus facilitators, and you guys go over the results of it together. Reason you do this, we found out. So we were training to be Simbus facilitators, and we took the assessment for ourselves. And You're there, totally different. There were a couple of things that came up that we were surprised about and we didn't have facilitators with us and we didn't talk for a good portion of that night because we were not in a good place to talk about it and i'm like wow you know so it was kind of crazy but i'm like who another thing that i would have loved to discuss with my wife before she was my wife you know because here we are in this and I'm but I'm glad we're going over it at this point in a semi safe place we didn't have somebody there to help facilitate but you know I'm I'm glad we've gone through so many things together now um we eventually have talked about the things and, and worked through them 
But my thing is we're going through it now. And the person that I was discussing it with, they're like, they're hesitant. They took their assessment. They know that their um, uh, fiance um, did not take the assessment yet. And I'm like, well, she really needs to take it so we can set up some time so we can discuss it with you guys. We'll do a Zoom call or whatever because they're like two and a half hours away. Um, and we'll, we'll go over it with you. And he admitted something, and he's, he's very, very open. And I'm very impressed with his openness and vulnerability. But he was like, I think my hesitancy, because uh, I said, I'm like, I would reach out to her, but that's inappropriate, you know, to, I don't really have a relationship with her. I know you, um, and my wife doesn't know her, so there's no point there. Like, you just have to be like, hey, instead of watching that TV show, can you go take your assessment? And... He's like, yeah, I think where my hesitancy is, is I know that when we go over this, she's not going to like a lot of my answers and it's going to cause a big blowout. She's going to get very angry about it. And I'm like, better now than in the heat of battle, right? <laughs> you know, years later after you guys have established X, Y, and Z, you know, you don't want this to be something that's, that's going, you're going to be holding off on forever. And that's what I was kind of seeing here. It's like, you know, we need to, they need to go through this. They need to go through the stuff while they're in a position where they're surrounded by friends, they're surrounded by people who are on either person's side so they can work through it together. And, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to do the hard work. I mean, whatever we are, we're all afraid to do the hard work, right? You know, the things that we need to do in order to, to, um, to fix ourselves in order to understand who we truly are and what we need to do and to have a solid marriage. Marriage is one of the toughest jobs. I mean, parenting is pretty tough too, but with a, with a crappy marriage trying to parent, it's, it's impossible. Right. And I, and so although we've gone through so many things over the years and everything, we're realizing now more than ever that if our marriage is not on track, there's no point in of, us, of us even trying to do any of the other stuff. I mean, it's a necessity to take care of the kids. Right. But it doesn't seem like a physical necessity to take care of the marriage. Right. You know, she can wipe her own butt. <laughs> well, I mean, the kids can do it now, too. But, but my point is, it's similar. You know, she can drive herself. <laughs> right. You know? So, but but I think that's what it comes down to is we lose that that understanding of the importance of taking care of the things that are the central to us being healthy, so then it expands out and goes further. So it starts off with, there's your relationship with God, then there's your relationship with your wife, your spouse, whatever, and how that relates to your relationship with God. And then beyond that, it goes down to your children, you know? And, you know, for single people, it starts off with your relationship with God and then branches out to your relationship with other believers and, you know, other people in the community. And it can continue on. But that's the whole point is like it starts with God and you and then it slowly works its way out. It starts off with the nuclear and then becomes the bigger, fuller right. picture. So anyway, I know that was a big tangent there. And um, but I mean, what it comes down to is things need to happen. We right. can't let things go by the wayside because they're so important to be touched upon. So I know this is not the point of this episode at all. So I was just going to ask you but that. But it's a very valid point. <laughs> what do you think was the premise of this episode? Because <clears throat> it gets tied up in these last two minutes. But what do you think was the overall premise of this episode? <clears throat> Everybody's broken. We're all broken. We all need Jesus. We all think we're not worthy, but we've been chosen. Okay. That's what I got from this. Okay. We all have a purpose. We all have a point. We all have a reason to be there, to be here. How about you? Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So 
<clears throat> they've all sacrificed something. Mm-hmm. As a, even even Simon goes into it, you know, we have been persecuted for centuries, and even though we, I have, I've had to live that way. And he starts accusing Matthew of not having to live as a Jew and how they're all sacrificing not eating meat and how they're mm-hmm. all sacrificing this and how they're all sacrificing that. Even Mary, his mother, is talking about how it was a sacrifice for her to not have to be needed. And it's all going back and forth about everything's being sacrificed, everything, they're all giving up this, they're all giving up that, they're all doing this. And then, all of a sudden, for the first time in the entire episode, you see Jesus... Walking up, oh, and he man. is panting and he out is exhausted of and exhausted, completely exhausted. And he has his two main lines and his two main words in the entire episode. He goes, "Good night," and he walks right <laughs> by them and goes to his tent. And then, what I love about this is it wraps up Mary's story. I loved it because then this she is why I bawled my eyes out. Yeah, she goes over. And she starts helping him take his shoes off and washing his feet and mm-hmm. getting to his bed. And he sits there and says, thanks, Ema. Basically thanking you for help. Right. Because I need you right now. And yeah. then you hear him praying to God, asking well, for... He says he says to her there, what would I do without you, Ema? Right. And that's that was the huge big hit there. And I just lost it. Like, I saw her taking care of it, her realizing she still had a purpose her realizing she still was right. there for a reason she was valued and it again it's not about what she does it's what she is and who she is and, and everything or because he probably didn't really need her no but he fulfilled that in her right knowing that it was still something of importance and value to her right and you see them in the middle all the disciples are in the middle of this argument about what they've been sacrificing right and there, a lot of them were complaining through half the episode about how long will this be? We just left Syria and came here. It was a four-hour trip, and we mm-hmm. just started. I wish we started tomorrow and not today. I mean, Big James says that. Yeah. And you're going through all the stuff. <laughs> and throughout the entire episode, they're going into other things, but the premise is the sacrifice that they've all made, and then Jesus comes up. <laughs> he's he's just wiped. so out of breath, and he's wiped, and he's tired, and they stop instantaneously in their tracks in the midst of their conversation and they realize oh my gosh we're complaining about what we've sacrificed right what is he sacrificing exactly not fully realizing that this is just the beginning of his sacrifice Mm -hmm. um oh yeah but it was just it's beautiful in how they portrayed that and jesus doesn't have to say anything to defend himself. And how often do we defend ourselves to be like, yeah, this is what's going on. And Jesus is, he just goes, good night. Yep. <laughs> and they all got it. Yep. Yep. And it was it was just beautiful. It was beautiful in so many ways. And I was like, this whole episode is 36 minutes long. It was a short one. It was a short one. But I think there was more depth in me in this episode being one of the shortest ones. I mean, it's only, what, 12 minutes longer than The Shepherd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has more in this one than most episodes do. Oh, yeah. It was just... But but again, I think that's the biggest thing they're getting into here is um, 
everything else we've seen, we've seen things in a cool way. But here we're understanding how it relates to us every day. Right. And our relationship with each other, our relationship with Jesus. And it just, this this season is... Our relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, the way that we value ourselves, the way that we look at ourselves, you know, the worth... You how know, we thought worth? things were going to happen and how Jesus is doing something completely different yep. than what we expected. Yeah. So so recently we've we've seen a couple I, I think I saw it twice because um I was up in Laconia, then I came back down the next week and Steve was preaching about expectancy. Expectation. Expectation. But the difference is expectancy. So I and that was it was a good word. So um somebody shared it recently. We were talking about that. And it's like we should be like going somewhere with expectation. Expectation means we're expecting it to be something that we think, whereas expectancy is more like I'm expecting something that something else is going to do. Yeah. No, look up the definition. So I actually had this conversation with somebody as well, too. Expectancy, and this is even what— Like, I, we know what we're expecting as ex- opposed to expectation. Expectation is believing something will happen. Right. Expectancy— mm-hmm. I actually was— I actually had this conversation. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Expectancy is the hope that something will happen, whereas expectation is believing it will. So mm-hmm. we've all had this expectancy as Christians that things are going to happen, but there is this slight belief in our back of our mind that it's not going to. Okay. And if we shift from that hope of something happening to the expectation of it happening— and we believe that it will happen, it actually shifts our mindset. That little shift changes everything. Because um, it was interesting, because I actually had that conversation with somebody recently, because um, the way they were saying it, just like you were saying it, made total sense. Yeah. But then if you look up the definition of both words, mm-hmm. it drastically changes everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've been, I believe, as a church, Big C Church, mm-hmm. we have been living in expectancy. As opposed to expectation. As opposed to expectation. Mm. For And we've been living with expectancy. We've been living under the guise of expectancy with still this little notch of unbelief going, eh, it's not going to happen. Who are these guys you're talking about? The guys of expectancy? Yes. With versus actually stepping into a place of expectation, right, right. believing. And that's the difference between the church 2,000 years ago to the church today. Hmm. The church 2,000 years ago with the apostles, with the disciples, they expected, after Jesus ascended and the church started to grow, they expected things to happen. Today, we've shifted that to, oh, I hope it does. <laughs> no. I I believe I'm believing it's going to happen. Um, so, but that's well. How do we get from? How did we get from? <laughs> we've gone off on like six different tangents tonight. Yes, tangents. Tangents are fun. Well, I mean that's that's the whole episode, man. Right. Now, no, you know what I thought was really interesting about this episode, and I didn't even write it down or think about that beyond it. There was no um, pre-credit, or it was yeah, there was no pre-opening credits. It went right to the opening credits. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And then the end was silent. I didn't Yeah, you're right. The end you was know, and the end was silent and it made perfect sense. Right, but you know Yeah, because they just ended the like it was just That was you, it. It left you feeling like, 
Oh. Right. But I think the reason why it opened up that way is because when they released it, they finished episode two, did the credits, opening credit for episode three, and just start episode three. And the fact that it was just one long shot. Right. That's my point. They had to. They couldn't stop it. Right. So I like that they did it that way. And again, that was the whole point. I love the way they ended it. They ended it without music. They didn't do dun, 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 the chosen. Dun, 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 they just, dun, whatever. Just it was quiet. just silence. You heard just like the background noise of the fire crackling and stuff like that. And you're like, ooh, everything you just saw, let's just let that sit. And yeah, let it marinate. Yeah, like, ooh, yeah, pickle, dare I say. Let it pickle you. <laughs> Be pickled in it. Ooh. Yeah, that's beyond marination. It's like fermentation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, oxidization. Oxidization? Mm. Something is oxidized. Okay. Yeah. So, it's been a long day. Anyway, um, I really dug this episode. Um, as it got in and it had that feel, it was just, it was very different the way that they shot it. But it, it was, it was so good. So good. So good. <laughs> um, you dug the episode. It filled me up. Ooh. Oh, okay. See, I dug it. You filled it. Or yeah. it filled you. Oh, well, that doesn't make sense. But anyway, no, I thought it was it was amazing. Um, I'm excited to see what else happens. So Maze. It's been a few it's been a few weeks now at this point since it came out. No. Yeah, because it came out two weeks ago with episode it was a surprise release. Almost it was episode. a week it was a week and a half ago. Yeah, it was a surprise well, yeah, it was a surprise release. When they release episode two, he goes, oh, and by the way. Yeah, I know that. Here's three. I'm just thinking, though, did, we recorded last week, right? And we, we put it up. Yeah, I guess so. Did we? Yeah, we did. So it was last we have, week, and we only did one episode. We have so no idea when four is coming out, though. We don't, but we're getting. I was getting a notification today, which you probably got, saying, hey, check out the bonus features and yeah. see what else is going on. They kind of hold you over between now and episode four. I didn't watch it yet, though. So, yeah, I haven't either, even watched any of those things either. I, I mean, I've seen so many because he puts up a lot of things everywhere, and I'm like, oh, let me watch this. Oh, let me watch it. If you, if you haven't followed The Chosen on Facebook, follow them. Some of their stuff is really funny. They've been posting up, like, some of the... Oh, you don't really go on Facebook. But they they've been posting up some of the angry comments they've been getting from different people who watch it. Oh my god! And they're just kind of laughing about it, saying like, you know, people are saying, you should like take that money and just redo everything because you've ruined the gospel and all this stuff. And and it's like I've gone to blah blah blah. And this is a this this is is terrible. This is probably one of the best depictions of scripture I've seen. When you see people like they did the Bible. Oh, I know. And it's just and they started and they made Samson. Jamaican with dreadlocks. Yeah, I remember that. What? <laughs> what? Do not cut my hair, man. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, what are like? What are we doing? Yeah. I mean, the Charlton Heston. Come on, Charlton Heston. Yeah, the Ten Commandments. Well, yeah. Oh, you're you're saying compared to what we had before? Yes. Yeah, I mean, then you had. Russell Crowe as Noah. That yeah, was that just, wor- just popped up in here. Like, hey, watch this. And I'm like, Ugh. well, you had Exodus. You had uh, um, Batman as, as Exodus, as Gods Moses. and King. Yeah. That was horrible. I didn't say it was good. Oh. But yeah, the point is we, we haven't had anything that speaks truth and is actually good. Right. Ever. 
But it, it was funny. I saw something that came up recently, another meme, if you will, and it was showing like Christian films back then. It showed like the Ten Commandments and a few others that were like, oh yeah, those. And then it showed like, like the and End then, Times th- movies, like Prodigal Planet and The Thief in the Night. Well, and- yeah. So then you see today, and it's like God's Not Dead, and I'm like, that was a really good movie. I really enjoy the God's Not Dead movies. Um, but then you get something like even like The Chosen, and there's another movie that he's um, that uh, Dallas Jenkins. Dallas Jenkins. I'm like Bryce Dallas Howard, <laughs> Corbin Dallas. No, Dallas Jenkins. <laughs> um, that he's he's producing. He's he's r- jumped into produce called The Shift. Oh really? Um, which is is. It, See, I I don't he's, like I don't like most Christian movies. No, but if he's going to be involved in it, I'm all over it now. Right. You know. So and and it's not me idolizing him. It's just like saying, this show has totally transformed what it looks like to make a Christian film or a Christian story into something enjoyable. Like I enjoy everything about this show, and not because of its truth, but because of its writing. I mean. Not just because of its truth, but because of its writing and its acting and it's the way it's it's shot, the the beauty of it. Like every single thing that makes uh, a film or anything good is found in this show. Right. And I'm so impressed by it. Like it's not filled with with all the stuff that just makes you feel like icky at the end or something. I mean, icky, whatever. Like God's not dead. Well, even then. Uh, I so mean, there's so. Uh, I just God's I, Not Dead is not the greatest. It's it, but it's better than some of the stuff we've had before. Oh, 100 percent. I you mean, know, just, I, I mean, just, I've got, I hate, I've got the Left Behind trilogy over here. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. They actually did a. That's actually a decent story. Oh, the story is great. The movie, they for what it was, they actually did a decent job for what it was for the budget they had. And yeah. I mean, if you compare that to the Nicolas Cage version of Left Behind. That didn't even go anywhere? No, they did the flight and that was it. Yeah, I'm like, that's not that was they didn't, even, they didn't even end it properly. No, it was... Um, but even like God's Jesus Not Christ Dead, Superstar. what I don't like about like, the God's Not Dead stuff is like, they, they, they're boyfriend and girlfriend and they've been dating for years and... Oh, yeah. They're like, let's just hug. I know. Let's just... It's... it's ew. Stop. <laughs> like... Uh, you guys give Christians a bad name when you can't show affection to each other because you're afraid to quote unquote sin. Right. Like, kiss her. It's not bad. You well, can do. Obviously, if you're struggling with stuff and you're, you know, refrain. But in that movie, you're in the middle of a park. I'm pretty sure nothing's going to happen. Right. Unless you have some massively serious issues. Right. But no, I think I think what it comes down to is that that's that's a that's a conviction that people have. You know, we've taught Is our, it truly a conviction or is it just something that we're taught and we all believe it because it's what we've been taught? Well, no, it's a it's a conviction. Some people have convictions. I we, we know people who are our age who've never kissed somebody before and it's cuz that's their own personal conviction. That's true. There are people who live that they have that personal conviction. Right. But it is such an it is such a They've never kissed somebody in a romantic way before. Put it that way. Yeah, right. But what I'm saying they'll is they'll kiss their parents, they'll kiss such, their it, nephews. It's such a <laughs> undertow thing that you kind of just need Sebastian to get involved. And just tell her just tell him to kiss the girl and just get over it. Mm. move on like they even show it here with this show like even Thomas and you know Rayma like just 
get in like okay it's going to happen right but i i i'm gonna have to say i don't agree i and personally well whatever i mean as as a father of two girls you know i'm sure you would understand but it's just a matter of like i don't want my kids thinking it's okay to go around kissing people well, no, you teach them properly. Right. And I'm teaching them that, that, that kissing is something that you hold off for. You don't just sit there going around kissing people. I'll, I'll agree to disagree in some areas. Yeah, well, we're going to have to. Anyway, we've we've gone way beyond what this is all set up to be. You know, and, no, you know what I think, though? Oh, are you waiting for midnight? Is that what the I am. Is? No. <laughs> we're actually doing right now what this episode is, is portraying mm-hmm. and just having life and just going into the inner depths of what's going on right um which i think is cool yeah i really wish sometimes that these podcasts were lives people could call in and have because i want to do that to you as this episode sometimes yeah i listen to them like if i could just call in and just yell at lee or will you guys are missing this whole thing there's an option for it i think but the downside is with with what we're doing is we're doing it over the phone and there would be a major delay right um in in the the calls so it'd be three people delayed and it just it makes things more complicated if if will was up here and we're in the same room that'd be a lot easier right um but you know even when you're here too and we're talking to will it's like we have a delay because we have to conference call so we can only hear the call it's like that's a nightmare you hear hi 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 with that bye 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 oh wait what's today thursday thursday all right. Well, I want to I want to share this to to end. Uh, roses are red. Violets are blue. Violets are gray. No, no. <laughs> roses are red. April is gray. But in a few days, it'll be May. It's gonna be May. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be May. Come on, that's the. That's... <laughs> Ooh, next Tuesday. No, no, no. Next Tuesday is a holiday. We gotta celebrate. I it. know. We gotta, right? we gotta celebrate it. Yep. So, for those of you who are not listening to this at the right time, and this makes no sense to you, Chuck is referring to May Fourth. We don't know. Wars we thing. don't know when this episode's gonna come out. So that's why we generally don't talk about dates, um, because this could come out in two weeks. We don't know um, when we actually release it, but. Um, yeah, so International Star Wars Day, which, which was originally um, my wife's original date idea for our wedding. Uh, so we celebrated our, our nine-year uh, anniversary last night, or yesterday, and um, like the whole day. <laughs> and For those of us who don't look at dates. Yeah, and um, well, I know we're already there, but the whole point was she wanted May 4th to be our original wedding date. And I said, are you, wedding, sure? March, are you sure? Darth Vader. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah. And I'm like okay and then the next day i'm just like so you sure you want may 4th and she's like why what is it and i'm like it's international star wars day <laughs> i'm like you you know she's like well whatever i don't care and i'm like so you know that that i'm gonna be han and you're gonna be leia right <laughs> and you're gonna march down the aisle to darth vader's march well that wouldn't make sense for her okay just the star no, wars it would have been it would have been yubna <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> No. No. All right. On that note, uh, everybody have a great night. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Have a good one. Bye, guys.